No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today, we begin the book of First Chronicles. This book centers on worship, but first, it points the way to the object of our worship. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl begins teaching the book of First Chronicles on Simply the Bible. Genealogies are one of the hardest reads in Scripture. Most of the names are meaningless to us. It seems a good cure for insomnia, in fact. Yet we are faced with this statement by the Apostle Paul. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That means the genealogies have their purpose too. Now we come to the book of 1 Chronicles. The first nine chapters are nothing but genealogies. Now I won't bore us by reading them word for word, but we must realize that they have an important place in the whole counsel of God, or else the Holy Spirit wouldn't have included them in Scripture. So what is their purpose? We must understand that the entire Bible points to Jesus Christ. The author of Hebrews quotes an Old Testament prophecy about Christ. In the volume of the book, it is written of me to do your will, O God. The genealogies of the Bible have one central purpose, to point the way to Christ. They were diligently kept until the time of Christ. They proved the pedigree of Jesus of Nazareth as the descendant of David, of Abraham, and of Adam. When the Romans destroyed Jerusalem in 70 AD, the genealogical records were also destroyed, and the Jews were scattered throughout the world. Today, it would be impossible to prove from genealogies anyone as being a descendant of David. Therefore, the Bible traces the lineage up to Christ, but not after him. Also, there are many family lines that are picked up for several generations, but they soon disappear into historical obscurity. Only the family tree of Christ is completely preserved in Scripture with the focus on the direct line leading from Adam to Christ. This was necessary to prove that Jesus had the right to claim the throne of David. We will discover that the strongest theme in First and Second Chronicles is the worship of Yahweh in the temple in Jerusalem. After nine chapters of genealogies, the narrative begins with the death of King Saul and the establishment of King David. Because this is the chronicles of the kings of Judah, the kings of the northern kingdom of Israel aren't even mentioned, except when they interact with the kings of Judah. We are given many more details of the reigns of the kings of Judah that we don't have in 2 Samuel and 1 and 2 Kings. We see how David divided the duties of the priests, establishing 24 divisions, and how he assigned the temple musicians to their tasks. We are given details about the materials he set aside for the construction of the temple. Then, as the narrative progresses to the subsequent kings of Judah, we are told more about the spiritual revivals of certain kings. All these things revolved around the worship of Yahweh in the temple in Jerusalem. 
From the chronicler's perspective, worship of God was the heart of the nation. After the nation of Israel was divided, the northern kingdom quickly went down the path of idolatry because they had no temple. But Judah remained set apart in their worship of the Lord, at least for many generations. First and Second Chronicles has much to say to us today because we have become a very pluralistic nation. We have lost our way. Worship of the Lord no longer binds our country together. Our currency says, in God we trust. But is that true? The fastest growing religious affiliation today is none. In 1950, the percentage of people claiming none or undesignated as a religious preference was just 2%. In 2010, it was 16%. That's an increase of 800% in 60 years. And a more recent survey released in 2017 put the number at 34%. So that more than one-third of Americans claim no belief in any religion. That is, they are claiming to be atheist, agnostic, or, quote, nothing in particular, unquote. For those of us who believe in God and believe in the Bible as the Word of God, we obviously must call our nation back to worshiping God. Whatever else the church does, our central purpose should be to gather people to worship God through faith in Jesus Christ. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Therefore, a book that was written with the worship of God at its core is extremely relevant today. As we study through it, I will be drawing our attention to this central purpose and how it is fulfilled in the body of Christ today. For there is no longer a physical temple established by God. That temple was destroyed in 70 AD. And even before it was destroyed, Jesus told a Samaritan woman in John 4.21, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. You see, God is seeking people from all over the world to worship Him, not in a temple made with hands, but because He is spirit, God seeks those who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. The Apostle Paul wrote, for we are the temple of the living God, as God said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Today the church is the temple of God. And who is the church? All those who have believed in Jesus Christ. Our central purpose is to make known the way to worship God in spirit and truth, to teach others how to be the worshipers whom the Lord seeks. When we meet together in the name of Jesus and the Lord is present, then we are the portal to eternity. When we bring people into the true worship of the Father, they receive the gift of eternal life. These are the worshipers whom the Father seeks. But first we must ask ourselves the question, am I the kind of worshiper the Father seeks? Am I worshiping Him in spirit and in truth? You see, Jesus is the central figure of the Bible, but is he the central figure of my life?
hopefully, as we study through First Chronicles, we will be looking for ways that we can personally seat Christ on the throne of our hearts. So with that, let's dive into our study of First Chronicles. Now, the first 27 verses of chapter 1 cover the first 11 chapters of Genesis. They trace the lineage from Adam to Abraham, whom God chose to be the father of many nations. Three world religions trace their origin back to Abraham, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. What a truly great man Abraham was. Verse 28 of chapter 1 through chapter 2 cover the genealogy from Abraham to David. First, we are given the names of the twelve sons of Ishmael, Abraham's son, by Sarah's servant Hagar. We also find two generations of Abraham's descendants by Keturah, his second wife. The spotlight then turns to Isaac, Abraham and Sarah's son by promise, and Isaac's two sons, Esau and Jacob. We are given the descendants of Esau who dwelt in the land of Seir and became known as the Edomites. Esau's descendants had kings before Jacob's descendants. And we get a list of those Edomite kings and chiefs. In chapter 2, we find the descendants of Jacob, whose name God changed to Israel, which means prevailing with God or governed by God. Israel had 12 sons, which formed the 12 tribes of Israel. We begin with the tribe of Judah, for this was the kingly tribe from whom the Messiah, the Christ, would come. In verses 3 through 17, we are given the family tree from Judah to David. In verse 7, Achar is mentioned. Now, in the book of Joshua, he is called Achan. He is the one who took a Babylonian garment and silver and gold from Jericho when God expressly told them to destroy everything perishable. The silver and gold were to be dedicated to the treasury of the Lord. Because of this trespass, Achan brought trouble on the nation so that the army was defeated by the little city of Ai, and many lives were lost. When Joshua cried out to God, the Lord revealed that Achan was the cause of the trouble. He was then stoned to death by the congregation for his crime. Now, when we get to verse 15, David is mentioned. We are also introduced to David's nephews, Abishai, Joab, and Asahel. Of course, Joab would become David's general. In verses 18 through 24, we are told of Judah's grandson, Hezron, whose son was Caleb. Now, this was a different Caleb than the one who came out of Egypt with Joshua and was one of 12 spies who went into the promised land. Segub was another son of Hezron. He was the father of Gilead. Gilead was the name given to the upper part of the land east of the Jordan where two and a half tribes would settle. In verses 25 through 41, we have the genealogy of Jeramel, the firstborn of Hezron and brother of Caleb. This continues for a few generations, but then is stopped for the line leading to David didn't come through him, but through Ram, another son of Hezron. From verse 42 until the end of the chapter, we get more details of the family of Hezron. We also discover the origin of the town of Bethlehem. Caleb's wife was named Ephrathah. Their great-grandson was named Bethlehem. Thus, the name Bethlehem is linked with Ephrathah. This was where Jacob's wife Rachel was buried, and it was the birthplace of David 
and it was prophesied in Micah 5 2 as the birthplace of the coming Messiah. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. And that is why God would have Joseph and Mary commute to Bethlehem when Mary was nine months pregnant. This brings us to the end of chapter 2 of First Chronicles. Now, the reason we teach chapter by chapter and verse by verse is because we believe in the power of the Word of God. We believe in teaching the whole counsel of God. But the beauty in the whole Word of God is realizing that it all points to Jesus. It is God's story of creating mankind, and then when man sinned, revealing his plan to reconcile man to himself through the cross of Christ. In the volume of the book, it is written of Jesus, pointing to him as the Son of God who became the Son of Man. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. We seek to bring everyone into this true worship of God through faith in Jesus Christ. There is no longer a temple made with hands, but we who have trusted in Christ are the temple of God. The church exists today to show the way to everlasting life. May God help us gather lost sheep from every nation and every people to come behold the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we will see where the Chronicler continues with the genealogies of David, Solomon, and five tribes of Israel. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 1 Chronicles on Simply the Bible.